Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. Couple of short commercials, maybe, if you think of it that way. How many of you have ever heard, if you don't ask, the answer is no? It's a, it's a phrase, it's a, it's a saying. If you don't ask, the answer is no. Hmm? And if you do ask, you've asked. But what it takes sometimes is courage to ask. Hmm? Sometimes it takes courage to ask. So based on that courage, we're starting a new tradition here in my classes. Anybody who comes to the class and that day is your birthday, you come up here and you give me a little note that has your name on it, and we'll sing happy birthday to you at the end of class. <laughs> so if there's 25 people, happy birthday, dear. <laughs> or we'll just say happy birthday to all of you, right? But today we're going to do it at the end of class. So if anybody's birthday is today, please make sure we know who you are before the end of class. Uh, but somebody very um, courageously asked. And I thought, well, that's a good ask. Let's do it. Isn't it? Huh? Isn't it? Shouldn't we? Like Yogi Bhajan said when he was asked if he celebrated Christmas, he said, I celebrate every chance I get. You know, so. He also went around with a white frosting, white sugar frosting, white flour, eggs and all, you know, angel food cake on his birthday in 1969, big thing. And he had his arm under the platter and was walking around, birthday cake sugar is not sugar. Birthday cake eggs are not eggs. Birthday cake white flour is not white flour. And if you didn't open your mouth, you got it on your face. <laughs> so, just saying. And the other thing is that a week from Saturday on June 8th from 2.30 till 5.30 p.m. here at Yoga West, I'll teach our annual gathering of summer solstice, which is a great uh, meditation workshop. And we, we review what we have worked on over the previous season over the previous three months, and, um, and we go from there. We are the ones who are navigating life from the perspective of an openly sharing creator. We are the ones who are navigating life from the perspective of an openly sharing 
creator. And we have been placed, there's only a few hundred million of us that are of an evolutionary level that can be in that way. And we're not better than anyone else, we're just more advanced and therefore we have something to offer which is an openly shared creation. And what we're dealing with on earth is those who are navigating life in a competitive survival predatory role. Right? Survival predators are very, to say it really gently, are very nasty. They're really self-interested. And what's theirs and theirs and what's yours is theirs. And what we have found as we come into this world as openly sharing beings, as openly sharing creative beings, is that we have to navigate the potholes and the pitfalls of this incredibly predatory world. We male figures have to navigate it, but the female figures have to really navigate it in order to maintain the openness that allows you to be intuitive in order to maintain the vulnerability that allows you to be receptive. We think of life as openly sharing creatives in terms of the universal mind or infinity is giving our transfinity instructions. And in order to tune in to that vast infinity of the megaversal, multiversal mind, we have to be able to get over or get beyond the noise of the gossip mind, the slander mind, which is the social mental attitude of survival predators. On a bright sunny day with a clear blue sky, do you enjoy the stars? This is not an esoteric question. <laughs> this is a three-dimensional question. On a bright sunny day, clear blue sky, do you enjoy the stars? No. It's not a trick question. The answer is no. The reason that you don't enjoy the stars is because one star is dominating. It's called the sun. And the sun blocks out the view of the stars that are there. They're right there. But we cannot see them, not because there's a curtain drawn, but because there's this massive amount of light shining from the dominant star in our sector of the cosmos.
The same thing is true when there's dominant noise in your sector of the cosmos, you do not hear. You do not ha have that Thank you. I just got it whispered in my ear. You do not have that clairaudience that you do. Clairvoyance is clear vision, intuitive vision. Clairaudience is clear hearing, intuitive hearing. Clairsentience is that visceral clarity. The clairaudience comes from the heart center. The clairvoyance comes from the head center. And the clairsentience comes from the gut center. What you will want to be able to do is tune in to that which is beyond the dominant noise. And the dominant noise on the planet today is slander and gossip, which all scriptures and sacred texts advise you to stay way clear of, no matter how well-founded it might be. Slander and gossip about anyone dominates the audio, the audio, so that you actually cannot tune in to that universal, megaversal, multiversal, transfinite mind. You can't tune into it. You can't hear it. It's like the stars being blocked by the sunlight. Now, unlike the optical sense in which there's no way unless there's a... And by the way, when that what was it, two years ago or a year and a half ago? We had that full solar eclipse that went across the United States, right? People that went to those areas where it was full and total said all of a sudden, out of the blue sky, as the blue sky turned deeper colors, the stars began to appear as the sun's light began to fade. And this is what we'll need to be doing. Because our instructions here on earth, as those very open, compassionate, not competitive, creative beings that are here to lift, like the tide, all boats, all personas, all life, what we will have to be doing is we will have to be shielding ourselves from the dominant frequencies so that we can tune in to that vast infinity enabling us to live in our transfinity in our finite nature with being guided from beyond. I can remember so many times Guru Prem Singh, I'm sure you even more so because you worked on all that music Yogi Bhajan would give you a, an instruction that you thought in your three-dimensional thinking was the stupidest instruction that you had ever heard. I got it from all these years that I had to manage a, cult, uh, um, a family business, uh, an organizational business. And I knew exactly what I wanted to do and I was about to do it and he would say, no, 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 no. 
and I would have to follow his instructions begrudgingly and then recognize after the whole thing fell through, fell out, or I don't mean it failed, after the whole thing went down, there was what I was looking for, or went up in this case. After the whole thing went up, wow, incredible, incredible, it works. And that's because that transfinite mind isn't logical. It has logic in it, but the logic within it is buried within the magic surrounding it. Magic and logic, two forms. Magic is the yin, logic is the yang. The yang is the projection, the yin is the reception. And what he was tuning into would literally come... How cool was that, huh? You want to see it again? Would literally come out of the blue. Because out of the blue ether, he would get his inspiration for what the instructions were, not only for this moment, but for the moments to come. And so that's where the Brahm hum comes in, because the hum is that which was, is, and shall be. Hummy hum, Brahm hum. That hum, me hum, Brahm hum. That which is to be already is. And if you're tuning in to that transfinite mind, you're tuning in to what was, is, and shall be. Because what was, is, and shall be is just a stream of time or a wave of time passing through your moment of perception. Got that? What was still is, what is, is, and what shall be already is. Because the waves travel across the ocean of space, the fabric of space. The waves of time traveling through the fabric of space are not just here and then they quit, but they keep on rolling. And so it all exists always. And the waves of time will amplify and neutralize each other as they go about. And when you have that connection with that transfinite mind, that ong from the om, then you are connected to what it is the next move. What is the next move? What is the next move for humanity that is currently on a crash course towards extinction? Well, the next move for humanity traveling toward extinction probably doesn't have any resemblance to the logic of your ideas. But somebody like a Yogi Bhajan, which is you, has to come along and say, I got an idea. For an example, not that this is a good example, but it's the only one I got. Because I'm using war as an example. But it, you'll see the reason why. So in Afghanistan, the region is extremely 
rough in terrain. Massive mountains, deep valleys. And from the satellites that were trying to track troops and, and equipment and their movement, they were losing it. They were losing it. And they couldn't, they couldn't track anything from these satellites that are supposed to see everything because there was all of this earth in the way. And so they thought about it. You know, the Defense Department thought about it. And they put out some questions to some really high-end mathematicians and some scientists to try to figure this out. And one of these people said, let's put it out to the world. Somebody will have the answer. It's not necessarily us. Some unsuspected person will have an answer. So they had to try to figure out how to do it because they couldn't say that we can't see our troops and we can't see our machines because that would be a giveaway in the art of war. And so they said in, they came up with an idea that in, not Yosemite, what is it in Montana, Wyoming? Huh? Yellowstone. Yellowstone. In Yellowstone, we're trying to track the buffalo. And the buffalo are going in between the mountains and the valleys and we're having a hard time tracking them. Which is a description of the problem that they were having, only the buffalo were different, right? And they put it out on the internet to the world and they offered $20,000 as a prize if you came up with a solution. The person who came up with a solution that absolutely worked was a 13-year-old African girl who, when she received the $20,000, gave it to her village so that they could have a new water well and all kinds of good things, right? A 13-year-old girl in the midst of Africa came up with a situation, a, a solution that could not be answered by the most profound scientist and, and um, mathematicians. And why did this person come up with it? Because she didn't know that she couldn't. And that's an important thing for you to know. That when you know you can't do something, you can't do it. But if you were to misplace that knowledge and suddenly not know that you can't do it, then you would be able to do it. And that is what tuning in to the transfinite mind allows you to do, is you tune into these absurd relationships between dimensions that literally give you clarity. And as long as you feel like you're authorized to be accessing that clarity, you are going to get the answers that you need. Because the answers that we need are very important right now. We are on a crash course to extinction on this planet. Human beings will be extinct on this planet within the next hundred years if we don't pull some 13-year-old idea out of the middle of somewhere because we didn't know that we couldn't come up with it. And that's why it's so vital 
that you don't get disturbed and consumed by the noise of the gossip and the slander. Even if it's slander against your perceived enemy, even if it's, you know, really creepy news about someone that you hope will be involved in really creepy news. <laughs> if you celebrate that, you are participating and locked into that frequency and that is like the sunlight blanking out your ability to see beyond, to perceive beyond, to come up with those solutions. So it is essential that we discipline our minds and we discipline our emotions and we discipline everything and that we never find joy in someone else's demise, no matter how creepy they are. We never celebrate someone's demise. But we say, okay, I see that that happened. One of the prayers is to see the faults in others and then unsee them. Situation is that, okay, I see that that happened. I see the path, the, the karmic path. I see that that person was doing really creepy things and they got a comeuppance, if that's a word you understand. <laughs> is that a word you understand, a comeuppance? And they got their karmic payback. Okay, karma's working and you move on about your business. But you don't stand and celebrate. In other words, you don't dance on the graves of your enemies. So this is important because we, as you know, this couple hundred million of us in the world that are reachable and teachable by that universal mind, by that information that is coming from dimensions beyond our primitive com commitment to three and four here on earth, the information that's coming from out there has got the solutions, it's got the answers, it's got all of what we need to turn this ship around and to enable this planet to get back to its incredible glory days of <laughs> openly shared creativity. Hmm? Like the forest, good book to read, The Hidden Life of Trees. The forest has a, a non-zero-sum banking system. A zero-sum banking system is what we have. Asset is created by debt, right? That which gains is made by that which loses. And that's what also creates the competitive nature of human beings is that zero-sum game. But when you go into a non-zero-sum atmosphere like the forest, What's happening around you is incredibly joyful because everybody in the forest, all of the tree people and the shrub people and the plant people and the grass people, all everyone in the forest is looking out for everyone else because the forest recognizes that the forests, the overall forest health is going to lift the individual health of every plant but that if any blight or disease comes into the forest, 
that it's ultimately going to affect every individual plant. And so the forest's banking system are, if you have a need, we have a supply. You got a need, you got a payment you got to make, the money is there. Can you imagine if all of a sudden our lives were not consumed by God to make a living? Yogi Bhajan would say, don't ever think you have to earn a living. You're breathing for God's sake. You're already alive. What do you have to earn? Right? And so we have to dissolve this frenzy, this frenetic nature of it's all about money. It's all about money. And we have to turn it into a non-zero-sum factor. And that is that if you need it, it's there. And what we can do, can you imagine a few tens of millions of people who are able to, as Yogi Bhajan would always say, and I've probably told you this, he would always say, gilly gilly, gilly gilly, and it's there. Just gilly gilly, and it's there. In other words, when you are in complete faith, it's there. Because you are so open and you are so not affected by anything that negates your belief that your belief becomes an incredible magnet and that magnet produces results. What's the, and I've given it away, what's the best way to get a needle out of a haystack? A gigantic magnet, right? But most people think it's just a matter of you got to search. No, you crank up that gigantic magnet and you suck the needle right out. And that's the nature of Kundalini Yoga as taught by Yogi Bhajan, is that we're producing out of our physicality, our emotionality, and our mentality. If that's a word doesn't matter it is now we create a gigantic magnet and then we put into it the needle that you have to find in the haystack earth the needle that you have to find is the solution to the dilemma of unremarkable people running the planet how is that nice <laughs> wasn't that a nice way of referring to the people that are running the planet unremarkable the unremarkable people that are running the planet are concentrated on I. And if you add I to running, you get ruining. So the I running the planet becomes a ruining of the planet. And those unremarkable people that are ruining the planet don't know that they're ruining the planet. All they know is that they're predatory survivors and that they have to fight to get their way. And one of the easiest ways to discriminate is gender. Hmm? Gender. Another very easy way to discriminate is source of origin, right? Country of origin. Another way to easily discriminate is skin tone. Another way to easily discriminate is, is belief system, religion. Another way to easily discriminate is by age. Another way to easily discriminate is to easily discriminate. Yeah. 
Once you give yourself the right to use any of those factors to easily discriminate, you begin to feel that predatory nature of I am better and I deserve. And that's the pandemic that the earth is facing. And because of the I am better and I deserve, the earth is being depleted of its resources. The actual resources that are, and these are non-life, these are non-life nourishing resources like iron and steel and uranium and all this stuff and oil. And the life-giving resources of air and water and good earth topsoil are being depleted and destroyed. Habitat. Check out the giraffes and the zebras because science is telling us, anthropology is telling us that they've only got 20 years left in the wild. Unless we make a difference. You know the old saying, first they came for the this and it wasn't me and I did nothing and then they came for the that and it wasn't me and I did nothing. Well, first the, the zebras and the giraffes lose their, their uh, land. Eventually humanity is going to lose its land, it's going to lose its resources, it's going to lose everything and it's going to be depleted and extinguished. And we need to respond to it in a non-violent, non-accusatory way that can solve the problem in order to come up with those answers. We don't have those answers yet. It's not like I'm sitting up here saying, I got the answer. No, I'm sitting up here saying, we've all got the answer if we get in touch with that universal mind which has the answers for everything. It's got all the problems, it's got all the answers. Period. Let's access them. <laughs> Just the other day we were in teaching in uh, Vancouver, Canada a couple of days ago and uh, somebody uh, asked a question in class for which none of us had the answer. It was kind of a common three-dimensional question. So somebody said, oh, I get my phone. And like 10 people in class said, no, don't go there. So the person didn't get their phone. We all went silent until we could come up with remembering the answer, and we did. What an incredible muscle, if you want to use it as a metaphor. huh? How many times do you actually use the muscle of remembering instead of going and typing it in to your search engine. Hmm? And if we keep typing all of our questions into the search engine, the neurology in our brain that allows us to access unknown answers is going to, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so you'll have really good thumbs, but you won't have a really good brain. And what we have to, for example, another issue that we must address is wisdom. The wisdom keepers of the 100-year-olds and the 110-year-olds and the 90-year-olds. Because there's no job for them, they have no need to maintain brain health. And I'm talking about the psychological attitude that maintains brain health. When no, nobody wants you, nobody needs you, all of a sudden, whatever you have begins to diminish. And that is the number one reason for dementia, is that nobody wants and nobody needs. Because as Shirley MacLaine once said when she was asked, 
are you being cast in any new movies? And she said, no, everybody wants to eat green fruit. All the movies are being absorbed by the youth. And so because everyone is so afraid of dying, they worship youth. And what ha ends up happening is we ignore the wisdom keepers. The ones that have 80, 90, 100, 110, 120 years of experience to have done things so many different ways that they know what way might work. And that's the nature of one of the solutions to uplifting the planet. Let's, up, let's uplift the children by creating incredibly creative educational systems that will replace this memorization system that is currently here. That is so bad. Did you see how I masked my... I'm getting more gentle now. It's so bad, you know. <laughs> and also, we will save the elderly from dementia. If we can save the children, the new generations will be okay. If we can save the elderly or the, the wise, the wisdom keepers, then we'll begin to learn from their experience. What a good idea, yes? What a good idea, yes? And what a good idea to commit yourself to not being blinded by the sun of the noise in today's media frenzy. Hmm? Not be blinded by the noise of slander and gossip. Hmm. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success and it'll be a lecture with a pranayama breathing exercise and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day and then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation and these will be like 11 minutes and then there are also going to be audio files which are guided 11 minute meditations which you can listen to and that's all within gurusing.com satnam